dozen new areas as Kerry Carpenter hits one to center field. Backpedaling Kiermaier, jumps, and he's got it! He took a home run away in the very first game of the season. I keep saying, you know, uh, ever since I signed back in December, so many times the wall is brought up. Okay, they lower it to eight feet for you. What are you gonna do? And I sit here and keep saying, you know, all I want is opportunities. I want to make those plays. And, and baseball works in, in mysterious ways sometimes. And tonight, you know, my second inning out there and and make that catch. Uh, it was such a rush, such a thrill. It's one I'll, I'll go back and watch probably ten times a night. And the Roger Center reaction to it was amazing. Uh, I was on cloud nine the whole night. Um, it was so fun. Yeah, it was. Fun's a good word. Yeah, I that mean, got me out of my seat in the it, press box. Absolutely, it's it got hard, a bunch of us out of the seat. Well, in the it's press hard box. not to. You know, it's. I, I would think it's interesting to just think that he's actually getting cheered for after he does something well. I mean, he's been Tampa forever. How many fans do they have? Zero. So it's like it's like every time he did something nice, he's like. He can, he can barely hear him. He's like holding his this, hand this up is, to his ear going, I know I hear something. This is what it's like. like 12 when, people there. Yeah. This is what it's like when there's 40,000 people in a dome stadium and they're cheering awesome. for me. It's pretty awesome. He's an elite athlete. Like He's uh, fun, man. Look, look, he's, fun. I, he's a dude. Look, when you try and break the that man down. man rocket, John Schneider calls uh, him. It's perfect. When you break it down, he didn't do it right. Like, he left his feet too soon. Like, I mean, <laughs> you he's, could he's, criticize he's, that play. Well, I'm just telling you. Uh, that that just goes to you show you. You criticize he, he is an He is an athletic freak. Like, he does things defensively that you're just like, holy moly. Like, how long he stayed in the air, how far his jump was. I mean, yeah. you could tell he was a little in between of where the, the wall was and when he was supposed to leave his feet. I mean, he started backpedaling. That just goes to show you how good he is, right? It's just, I mean, everything he does defensively, it's, it's again, I, I said this to him when I saw him yesterday. I'd, I'd pay, I would actually pay to watch him run the bases and play defense in center field. Who yeah, else can you say that about? Based on social Not media. Many. Based on social media, there are a lot of people out there who'd pay just to see him stand in front of them. He's pretty. He's popular. He's pretty. 9-3, yeah. the Blue Jays won their home opener yesterday at a sold-out Rogers Center. Um... The renovations to the Rogers Center seemed to be a hit. I thought they were great. Did a little tour. I mean, there's just so many places to go. Uh, I don't know. I, I was thinking about this. I don't know how many people are actually going to sit in their seats a lot because it's just there's so much going on, which I'm not certain that's a – I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. But it uh, it had a real vibe. And, and the thing I noticed – from where we were watching the game is, and now it's from the left field press box and from, pardon me, the press box behind home plate. The thing I noticed is all that sort of open concrete, that sort of cavernous feel that you had before these renovations, it's gone now because there's people there. There's bars there. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, you and Caleb Joseph pointed out right away, the batter's eye. Ah, uh, no question. Is I mean, there are guys who are going to be. Now you can see the ball better in a hitter-friendly park. Yeah, with the fences closer. It's it's and, it's, and people are yeah. Don't don't really don't roll your eyes because the batter's eye is a big, deal, a big big deal. Obviously, the better you see it, the 
better chance you have of hitting it harder. There's only certain parts of that field that, that it's going to play small. Like I, when I well, looked at it, Well, found the part of, uh, of the field that uh, and you, absolutely. And the guys said that during batting practice. You yeah. talk to guys and you ask them, okay, where is everybody's making a big deal about this and and yeah, you know the center field wall is obviously smaller, which is going to lend to plays like Kiermaier's. But in terms of the actual dimensions, everybody you talked to said right over the active green Ross sign. That's sorry, it. it's yeah. a plug, but I mean, if you're going to the park, there you are. That's right the, over there is where the ball, exactly where, where the park plays the closest. Yeah, it does. And, and those, right and those little there. poles, too, where you can see the uh, the bullpen guys sitting where that bench is yes. at. If it hits one of those, it's going to, you know, it's a little quirky. It's going to flip one way or the other. Yeah. I know Mark Budzinski was talking to me about you're going to have to really back up. And, you know, it's basically bad luck if it hits one of those corners and ricochets in a certain way. You know, the outfielder's going to have to pay attention to that. But other than that, I I got to be honest with you, I thought it was going to look smaller than that. When I, when I showed up, I thought it was going to look like a bandbox, sort of like a minor league park. But when I showed up and I saw it and I was standing on the field and I was sort of in between home and the third base bag, I the first thing I thought of, and I said this to you, it looked bigger. It but looked further away. The, but, the, then I the, talked to uh, Kevin Kiermaier and he told me I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And you said, okay, uh, yeah, uh, you know more than I did. The back leg line number is 416-413-3959. And uh, we'd like to hear from those of you who are at the game last night. Want to hear what your, obviously your take on the game, but we also want to get a little bit of uh, your thoughts on the renovated Rogers Center. We had somebody call up Blue Jays talk last night. I asked him because you know how I felt. I felt that there was going to be a bunch of, you know, jack wagons running around yeah, the field and everything like that. Well, no, I wasn't you're, being you're negative. I know Toronto. And then opening well. opening day, there's always somebody that's going to run on the field. Why bring it up until it actually happens? Because, well, because. But, uh, you know, we, we talked to a, to, to a fellow who was sitting in the bleacher seats. He said there was some sort of, not even going to call it an incident, there was something that uh, was taken care of by, by security. He said the rest of the time they were all, all over their Tigers relievers. And the Tigers relievers seem to he be giving back to guys it. and having and and, and, and having fun when yeah. they came in the game. So a couple of runs. He takes, anyhow, uh, he takes credit for Jays it, hit the Jays hit five home runs. That is a record Tigers franchise record for uh, Tigers. Not good. They're really not like franchise record for home opener. I don't want to take anything away from the Blue Jays hitters because they got really good hitters too, and you got to hit mistakes. And it's a baseball, and you're trying to hit it with a round thing. Well, Manning wasn't horrible, I guess. Like, I, I mean, the, yeah, I guess. I mean, it was sort of, for me, the first couple of times through, it was more of... Well, the third time is a thing with these with this no, team. No question. So, right. you're, you're, you know, you're trying to figure it out. You might be, you know, the big crowd's trying to do too much. You're facing a bad team. Like, the Blue Jays, just a little bit to that, right? How do I have certain at-bats? Am I aggressive? It's sort of like when your starter's on the mound, he has a, a bad start. How do you attack at-bats? And then that third time through, it was a little, all right, enough's enough. Start driving some baseballs, hitting a big part of the field. Yeah, uh, we'll be joined at ten thirty by Ben Wagner. Nice Blue Jays play-by-play. Morgan Sword, who is uh, Major League Baseball's executive vice president of baseball operations, will be along. We will uh, talk two to him. Two hours and twenty-nine minutes. Just the game was yesterday. They hit a home run. I two mean, hours. Two hours and twenty-nine minutes in a game in which Alec Manoa <clears throat> threw forty-one pitches in the second inning. Like he, it, he those, those are games that would have taken three eight three hours three fifteen. Uh, before the uh, the level pitch of timer level goes. of concern with Alec Manoa, w- one through ten, ten being the highest. One You're asking you don't, me, one you don't care. <clears throat> right now, four and a half. Four and a half. 
We saw 91s with a sellout crowd yeah. in, the, in the home opener. Four yeah. and a half. That's, 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 that's worrisome. Like, again, for me, you know me. Like, I, I, I tend to overthink mechanic things, and, and because you've had success doing it a certain way, he falls off to the first base side a lot more this year. Why is that? Just looks to me like he's, he's not using his lower half almost never. Like, well, he did like he's say. A, he's a very tall finisher right now for whatever reason, whatever that is. You know, a couple of years ago, how much he sat in his lower half, and he would drive off that off that mound and, and really get really good extension. I know he'd fall off, but he wouldn't fall off that much, and he would have better break, let, and the tunneling was, let, was longer. Let me ask you this. It's the total opposite of that. He, uh, he said last night again that the pitch timer's got nothing to do with it if anything it should help him he looks bigger to me and and didn't you take know, it long to go to that buck made a point yesterday about no i'm not saying it as a negative i'm saying he I, absolutely not i mean you know i like my i like pitchers big i like pitchers big because generally mm-hmm. that means they're not it it, it means they're not putting as much stretch stress in their arm as other guys. I like I, I like pitchers big. Give me a big butted pitcher with like big legs. That's what I want. That's what I want. Give me a Roger Clemens type dude. Naturally. You think, you think that has but, anything to do with his no, velocity? No, but what, what what I was no, but what I was saying is I, I think the mechanics had everything to do with his velocity. And he Buck made that point during the telecast. And Alec Manoa, after the game, he said the same thing. He said, I just I for whatever reason, my mechanics, his quote, are not in sync. He was more worried about his mechanics and he, than he was executing. Yeah, and, I, and 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 you know we he had he had a good we know he had a good side session. Everybody told us he had a good side. I don't know what a good side session is. I mean, I, to me, a good side session is one where you don't get hurt. But um, it goes where you want it to go. Yeah, it's a good side. So no, I'm I'm the same reason I wasn't pushing the panic button about Brandon Belt. I'm not pushing the panic button about Alec Manoa well, I know right it's now. easy to come on here and say that after Bell cut three hits last night. No, I, no, I mean, I, I'm the, saying. The, I, the velocity, I, you would think the, the very first game of the season, he's running on adrenaline. He's throwing 94, 95. He's seen it, right? It was moving a lot. He couldn't control it. His next start, it was 88 to 91. Last night, it was 91. It's a concern. Like, I, I'm sorry, there, there's no other way to spin that. I, I'm not saying he's going to fall off a cliff and he's not going to be the Manoa that everybody wants him to be. I think it was... Uh, but it, where, where's that consistent? I, I ask you, didn't... didn't you would have thought if he had it in the tank, the 95, yeah. you would have saw it last night. Like, he was in trouble all night, especially in the second inning. I just... That's what <clears throat> we saw last year, right? When he got in trouble, he didn't always pitch at 95. But when he ha- when he needed it... I think he could go to it. He couldn't go to it last night. That's what I said. The, the lower half, he's real. He's a real tall finisher now, and that's why he's off balance. He's fallen off a lot Listen. more to the first base side. That's for me a little bit of a concern. We are treating this dude like he's a thirty-one-year-old, no, we're former not. Cy Young Award winner who he's has home. got. He's homegrown, and he is the opening day starter, and they felt yeah, comfortable enough to give it to him at fine. home, too. That's, that's why we're having the conversation. No, we, yeah, and we don't when, agree. Quite frankly, they got a better option. Yeah, we don't agree with that decision, but so what? That decision's been made. My point on this is I don't think we know enough about Alec Manoa to look at three starts and come to any conclusions it three is. starts into a year. This is, I mean, this isn't last year. This is a different offseason. I'm, I'm just saying it's that. It's not. I'm, the expectations coming into this season is a championship season. Yeah, exactly. He has to be a big part he of that. He does. When you're seeing some things, we saw it in spring training. We are seeing it carry over to the season. Anyhow. It's a, the velocity. I'm not, 
Two miles an hour for him is a big deal. Yeah, I because of the slider and how much he throws it. You know, it was it was it was down one it was down one Two miles one an mile hour. an hour from his average last year. If he'll get baseball savant. I mean, I, well, I, I, can, do, I can do math. It's 91.8 and, and 93.6. I mean, how many you know, miles of let, let's is not, that? Let's not, get, let's, not get, let's not get carried away about, uh, about that right now. I'm just, I, I'm not, you guys can, any, everybody, y'all can. You can, you can panic if you want. I, I I'm not going to. I need to I see more. I don't think anything is panic. But you, what's your level of concern, 1 to 10? For me, it's the mechanical but, part of it. What's your level of concern, I, well, one to with, ten? With, I said with, four and a half. What's your level of concern? We've seen a consistent bad mechanics. Eight? Come on. Well, what's your level of concern? I, I would say higher than your four and a half. So? I, I would say just mechanic-wise, not nothing else. I don't I, I don't care about his weight. That is what it is. He's going to figure it out. He's a big guy. Like, it, it is what it is. For me, it's about the finish. It's about his lower half. It's about driving towards his target. It's about having better finish. That part of it, yeah, we've seen consistently it's not been great since spring training. He's carried that over to the season. Even with the one he was throwing 95 miles an hour in the first game, it's the mechanics just hasn't been there. Mechanics-wise, yeah, it's higher than a four and a half, but I think that's an easy fix. Like driving, all the things that go into after a start, you go in, you watch it. What are you doing? What are you not doing? Look, if I'm seeing a little bit of that, you know all the khakis and Pete Walker, as smart as he is, and as much as Alec Manoa knows his body and all those things, he came out and said it after the game. Obviously, he was feeling it. When you feel it as half the battle, you know now how to fix it. I say five. How's that? Higher than yours. Five. Well, don't go, out, don't go out in the limb there. Well, don't go out in the limb there. Wouldn't be say nine? Well, no one throws. I mean, it's four, four and a third against the worst team in baseball. Nobody goes, I could say nine. Nobody asked somebody to rate something one to ten and then I, I come down say, in the middle I mean, on it. Was, it was against one the worst ten. team in baseball. At least go five-five. I mean, Oakland Oakland, and, and Detroit, you can flip a coin and throw both names against the wall. At least go six and a half. What's the difference that and five? One and a half. Uh, it's kind of like that 93.8. Because you, well, no, you, you asked me. You asked me to rate my to, to give my concern level. No one does that unless they're at an eight or nine. You don't ask someone. <laughs> you don't nine. ask someone. You don't ask eight someone. What's your concern funny. level? And then say you're, mine's fifty percent. Anyhow, funny. I, I said two hundred innings at the beginning of the season. Anyhow. It's it's not eight or nine. I, but the Jays won. But you may not needs, know this, but the, Jay, the Jays adjustments. won the game. By the way, the Jays won the game nine three by a lot. We mentioned five home runs. It was touch and go for the first two innings. <laughs> no, for the first four and a half or so. So, obviously, we're making a big deal about Kevin Kiermeyer's defense. That's because it's great. Uh, it, because it's great. Because it's elite. Offensively, this year. I know you're going to ask me the question, can he do this all season? No, no, no. I'm not going to. I'm not. We've I'm, never seen it. No, so no, I have no, 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 no. Right now, he's hitting 382. He's got a double, two doubles, a home run, and a triple. And he's, he's he's turned that nine spot. See, I, I right now, he's my leadoff hitter. I look at this lineup, and I think the the first inning, Springer's a leadoff hitter. After that, it's Kiermaier, Springer, Bichette, Guerrero. Don't overthink it. I, I think you get a lot of hits. You get on base for the big but, boys, and now yeah, it's, but a, I mean, it's that, a two-run homer instead of a solo. But what, I, what I'm saying is it, last year and the year before, we heard a lot about how, you know what, the ninth-place hitter, the ninth-place hitter we wanted to be the leadoff hitter. What was it that uh, – was it Ryan? Dan- Who the hell did we have on the other day? A player that said that uh, your worst hitter now hits eight. Eighth. Um, anyhow, so obviously Kevin Kiermaier is contributing offensively as well as defensively. John Schneider had some thoughts 
uh, about Kevin Kiermeyer and about his offensive role with this team. And Lance, I want to play this clip, and then I want to I want to delve in a little more to it because I think it says something about where this team is compared to where the Rays were when when Kevin Kiermeyer was with them. I think just you know approach, understanding his game, and not trying to get too big with his swings. Um, you know, it's he's a he's a almost ten year major league vet, so he's kind of got a pretty good idea of what he's doing, and I think whole job is to try to work at bats and get on bases, giving him a little bit of freedom to kind of do his thing and not try to do too much. So, you know, him verbalizing that in camp, you know, going into the season was nice and he's doing it so far. Yeah, I think Kevin Kiermeyer made, that's John Schneider, Kevin Kiermeyer said in spring training he wanted to hit more singles this year than anybody in baseball. He wasn't worried about home runs. Um, and, and the reason I brought that up is, you know, let's think about the Tampa Bay Rays when Kevin Kiermeyer was with them. They're the little engine that could. They were a manufacturing team. We kept thinking that even though they actually transformed into a team that hit home runs, right? They just didn't get a lot of credit for it, but they became a team that hit home runs. But Kevin Kiermeyer was very much a part of that. Now he comes over to an offense where really all he has to do is get on base. Right. I mean, that that is I'm sure when he was with the Rays, getting in base was a big deal. But you had to do something else offensively if you were part of that team, because the Rays were they were kind of that scrappy yeah. underdog team. Well, they needed to manufacture stuff. All Kevin Kiermaier's just got to come up here and get on base. Yeah, I think you're missing the point. I, I, this is what I think. I think you got to act a little selfish. I think when you're his age, you've been around as long as he has. You signed a one year deal with the team trying to get paid again. I mean, let's be honest yeah, about it. And you're not going to do it hitting the ball in the air all the time. You're no. going to do it by hitting line drives especially in that home field now that you have, you know, it's got some quirkiness around that outfield and that ball hits in certain parts and ricochets. Now you're turning doubles into triples, right? So you're going to get paid more by that. And, you know, I, I talked to one of the Blue Jays trainers yesterday and I said, you got, you got one job. <laughs> and he laughed at me. Yeah, you were standing right beside I, me. He, yeah. he, he laughed at me. I said to keep the right fielder on the field and the center fielder on the field. That's the only thing that can, I think, derail the season of Kevin Kiermaier. I think he's bought into everything that the Blue Jays and, You're right. and and whatever he thought in the offseason selling, and now it's all about keeping them guys on the field. How do they do it, Jeff? Like, I don't want to say, because you don't like me saying this, he plays with his hair on fire. It's controlled hair on fire, right? He does some things. I see your, I see that. But it is. It's true. Like, he, he's he, – he I does special think, things, yeah. which when you're a runner the way he is and the way he runs in the outfield – you know, lower half, you're a little older. That's tend to things go south. So I think he, I don't he think stays he, on the field. He's going to have a really good year. and He's going to get paid by somebody. I don't think he plays with his hair on fire. I think he plays like a guy who knows he's ungodly fast, which there's a big difference. A difference. To me, a guy who plays with the hair on fire is a guy who's going to run from first base across the diamond to third base. The Oscar Hernandez? <laughs> I can't say that. You know what I mean. Kevin Kiermaier played. Kevin Kiermaier plays like an elite athlete who knows that he's an elite athlete and knows that he can use his speed. If healthy, he can use his speed to make up for a misread or a miscalculation. I want to talk a bit about the bullpen yesterday because we really didn't get a chance to get into it on Blue Jays talk. Obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about Alec Manoa, the home runs, Brandon Belt coming to life, Alejandro Kirk getting a home run out of the seventh spot, Matt Chapman, I mean, you know, a habit now. Stay hot. It is a habit. It is. It is a habit with Matt Chapman. I want to. I want to give a shout out to the bullpen. I want to give a shout out to Zach Pop. I want to give a shout out to Eric Swanson, and uh, and Jimmy Garcia, and then Anthony Bass came in at the end of the game. Eric Swanson now 
weird stats, I know. But Eric Swanson and, and Jimmy Garcia both have four holds this year for the Blue Jays. Uh, yesterday, Swanson, two strikeouts and a one. It, it's a, it is a... It's a really big well, step. Why it's a big and, stack. And, and I want to. He faced one, two, three in the order. That's what those two it, guys do. Exactly. But I want to talk about Zach Pop. Now, I'm not going to make a big deal about this. An, but inning, you and are. Two, an inning and two thirds, two strikeouts for Zach Pop. I mean, I think there's. I think there's something there beyond just a. Just a guy. Oh, define that. I think ninth inning guy, eighth inning guy. I think there's a guy who's going to lead in the eighth inning on the road against the Tampa Bay Rays facing two, three, four. You're okay with that? I would, I would Hmm. get crazy. No, not. Well, that's what you're saying. Not, not right now. But I'm, but I'm saying that this is why I said about the thought that he might end up in AAA and kind of be worked in as a, like as an actual closer. You can say that he's a big leaguer. He is a big leaguer. I, I just think he's going to find a more responsible role. With this team, I I I, I really do. Like I don't think he's, that's, maybe, that's enough plays, man. I I think I think John Steiner is saying that I have trust in him, and I'm going to throw him in a one run game at home in the home opener, and that's try and hold a point. lead for the big boys. So when it gets and I'm going to send him out there again, and I'm going to send him out there. I think again. that's a little half to because of what the starter did. But give him credit, he went out there and did it. Yep. And, you know, the, the lights were bright. Like, you got to make quality pitches. I know what the team he's facing, and they're not a very good lineup, and they chase a ton. It doesn't matter. It's not his fault. Yep. got to go out there and execute, and you got to do it when the lights are the brightest. And for your manager to have enough confidence, his managers came out and said, I, we got tons of confidence because he's got really good stuff. I can't move. That sinker's moving feet. It ain't moving inches. It's moving feet. That's a big deal. It's hard to hit. It's hard to get him in the strike zone, right, because it, it moves late. You know, he's a tough take. I talk about that all the mm-hmm. time, especially late in the game. And that's when you're walking by the hitting coach and they got khakis and dudes that are flipping iPads. When you walk by those guys, the first thing you're that guy's going to say to you, get it ready. It's got late movement and it's like hitting a bowling ball, which means you got to get it up. You got to get it out in front. Barrel's got to be out in front. You let that thing travel. It's going to hurt. You're thinking more about that than you are getting him in the strike zone, and he can take advantage of that. You know that late tunneling, and you know, he's, he's real hard on righties. That's a big deal. The question will be: Is do you feel comfortable him throwing against some good? That's, I'm not talking about the lefties with the, against the Tigers. You're talking about. I'm talking about legit Devers, Aaron Judge, you know, me against you. No, Aaron Judge well, is no, a lefty. He's a righty. He's a righty. Yeah. I'm talking about a really good lefty where there's a couple in a row. You're up a run. Yeah. You bring him in the seventh inning. Is he ready for that? I, th- I think that's what you're asking. I not for me. Okay, not yet. I mean, I, right now I like Swanson and Garcia. It is, it's, it's working, so don't don't uh, you know, yeah don't fiddle but around. He's a big leaguer. Fiddle around. With it. Got good stuff. Yeah. Now he he uh, and and uh, we're seeing now why there were so many people in the organization when that deal was made. There were so many people in the organization that were happy and were all in on it, and they said, "Hey, we just want to get this guy in the pitching lab." And uh, let, you know the, uh, let the Dr. Frankenstein you, you, folks take over. You know over. what he's doing because of the way four or five looks in your rotation? If you do have to make a move, he ain't the move you're making. That's right. How about that? Yeah. We, can we agree on that? Yeah. Because I know you're in a hurry to put him in the ninth. In the ninth in. No, I'm <laughs> not. You no, are. No, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm <laughs> so, saying, listen. No, so no, no. Look, 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 look. Yeah, all, all I'm saying yeah, is. You're going to send him down. At least I would. No, no, no. All I'm saying is. We've talked about how this team is going to need some surprises. 
We talked about this bullpen, lack of swing it. and miss stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think well, we can kind of show. No, but but we my point is we've we we we've, we've talked about a bullpen. They're going to need somebody in that bullpen to step up and just surprise the hell out of us. Because I don't like think the Orioles go, had last year. They yeah, need some guys. I don't think you can go out and trade for four relievers. Oh, you're not going to do that. Maybe right? one though. Come pitch the eighth inning. Anyhow, I just I I. I'm glad because I, I like the stuff. And I, and I thought, you know, a game like yesterday, you're right. Not only did the manager have faith in him, it had faith in him to send him out there again. Uh, anyhow, 9-3, the final Way score. Way to go, Jeff. Like what you're selling there. Game two of the three-game series goes tonight. Kevin Gossman on the mound. Brandon Bell. For the Blue Jays. You like what you see yesterday? I am going to refrain from commenting because uh, of the – quality of the opposition and because i've That's been sitting, not his fault let, let me finish and because i confidence and because i've been sitting here telling everybody that i'm not going to make a judgment in a guy who's that old and, and coming off an injury until i see a few more games well i did find interesting john schneider was asked before the game about brandon belt and the comment the way he answered it was interesting in that he said, really, what I want to see from Brandon right now is I, I want to see competitive at-bats. I want to see competitive at-bats. And mm-hmm. essentially what he's saying is if he can compete, we can – he's saying essentially we can carry him for a while. Right now, the way this lineup's hitting, we can carry him for a while. Um, Let's see if he gets going. That's a nice way of saying he's just like everybody else. He needs at-bats in spring training. He may, you know what? Actually, he may need more at bats in spring training than uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, I know. Of people. Brandon came out and said he needs thirty-five at bats. Uh, obviously not. Yeah. You're just like everybody else. That's why they have spring training. It's it's a timing, especially when you get a little bit old, older. You don't want to cheat. You know, you're you're because when you cheat, that's when you start missing secondary pitches a little bit more than you normally do. You know, he does have some movement in his approach. That needs to be timed up, and you can only do that with at bats. That's why you know twenty three at bats. It sort of looked the way it looked last night. It looked a little better, right? He was hitting some balls harder, and he was wasn't missing pitches he's supposed to hammer. Well, you you that's the point, you, and yes. and you made the point. He, he did he hit was that the night he did hit one pitch. The cha- was it? Change up a curveball. I think curveball's a double. The changeup is in the later in the game, but where he, he didn't look it to right field. The fastball was the first at bat where he went to left field. I mean, some dumb pitching not paying attention to to, to who's hitting and how he's been hitting. Some of that going around. It's, yeah, but again, it's not his fault. Give him credit that he when he got a mistake, he hammered it. That's what you're supposed to do. Eduardo Rodriguez will be on the mound tonight for the Tigers against Kevin Gossman, Spencer Turnbull against Chris Bassett on Thursday, and then... <laughs> My race. Then Barker's 11-0 Rays come into town on the weekend. Uh, I just... They, 13-0. They, I, want him to, I want him to be undefeated coming in here. Now, okay. Why not? Undefeated coming in here. You got Barrios. Do you have Barrios? You got Barrios and Kikuchi, right? Gossman, Bassett. Yeah, Bassett pitches the <laughs> final game against. You got. Now, I mean, here's the thing. News, okay, no, here's, 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 here's fan, you, ain't you, confidence you got here. Barrios, Kikuchi, and Manoa. You want to write? You want to write the ship? You want to write the ship? If you're, if you want to write the ship, that's a pretty good series to do it in. I just want him to be thirteen and zero coming in here. I think it, I think it'd be great. I think all the attention will be on. I think we need to for an early season series. I think we need to give the conversation around Barrios a break. 
I'm with you. I, 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 it's, 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 you know, I'd, I'd had some conversations on the field yesterday with some people that are around him a little bit closer than I am. Like, we just need to let it breathe a little bit. I mean, he, it's, we know it, 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 it is, is what it is. Absolutely. It's like they, they really have no other choice, right? No. They, they, he need to, he has to figure it. 200 innings is a thing with him. They need it. It's a must. Like it's a, it's a, there's no other number four in baseball who needs to throw two innings, 200 innings more than he does for yeah. the Toronto Blue Jays. So I, I just, you know, I will say this. I'd like to see him with a little bit more vinegar. Vinegar means, okay, you know, it's, he's a very comfortable at bat. I've talked to some people that's faced him. That has that's the first thing out of their mouth whenever I asked the question when I was at the field yesterday. So and, how's he a bat? And, and the you know first what else? thing they said, he is very comfortable to hit off. And, of. the, and every once in a while, it's okay to move a guy's feet. And you know as well as All I right. do. All right. I mean, I the Jays, yeah, I think the Jays have, have heard the same that. thing. No question. Absolutely. The Jays have heard the same thing. So. Absolutely. Because I, you know, but the first I'm, thing I'm I did was that. run and ask somebody. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm fine with that. I'm fine right? with I'm fine with giving giving the Brios thing a rest. We can bang our head against the wall. All we want. It, it is what it is. He's going to start. They're not optioning him. They're not trading him. They're not releasing him. Uh, there ain't anybody down at AAA right now that's going to come up and set the world on fire. You've already, you're already got Kikuchi. Just, I mean, I hate to say it, just going to have to zip, zip it and watch Jose Barrios pitch. And the money, the money in the contract doesn't matter. It's not his fault. No money in the contract Everybody doesn't matter. Taken that. It hasn't changed nah, I'm him. Good. I don't want 131. He's not a different 70. dude. All that stuff. I'm so good. anyhow, uh, we've got uh, tickets to give away today. We'll do that in the next hour. Our uh, Blue Jays trivia again. The back leg line is open four one six four one three three nine five nine. Want your experience last night at the Rogers Center? Mine was great. I had a great time. You got Thanks to spend. For me. Got to spend time with me. Absolutely. Chris Can never Black, get enough time Nick of Petriello, that. You learned. You're a little chap today, too. I'm not chap. When I ask you about the scale, and then you're yelling and screaming about me, I should be, should be eight or nine. That's how dare you. Yeah. Oh, no, it's oh, like, well, yeah. no one asks a question to be controversial well, and then wanted, comes down. I, I wanted in the you, middle. and then you dropped four and a half. You got soft, man. That's soft not soft. Your, that's soft. Four I'm and a half soft. I'm su- <laughs> no, it, it's suggesting that I'm not worried about it. That's, ta- that's taking a stand. Unlike you, that is the unlike you. You didn't change. take a stand. You yeah. punted. You punted. <laughs> I said hire you. You punted. I said hire you. I actually gave Five. you a reason why. So you, no, you hire you. You took four and no a half. stand on it. Four, you took no stand a, on it. Four and a half like a like a brisk walk. You coward. You turtle the, in the park. You turtled. <laughs> ben Wagner's the radio voice of the Blue Jays. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet Five Ninety uh, Fan. Sportsnet Three Sixty. Can't believe five and ten. Wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Set. And a 3-2. Swing and a shot. Up the left field line. Hooking into the corner. Goodbye! Alejandro Kirk just kicked down the door. The Blue Jays have a 9-3 lead over the Tigers. Number one on the season for Alejandro Kirk. The fifth home run of the night. The Blue Jays get a three-run home run from Alejandro Kirk.
That was Ben Wagner's call of Alejandro Kirk's home run last night, one of five hit by the Blue Jays. It is a franchise record for a home opener, the Jays winning 9-3. Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Blue Jays, joins us. Ben, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your, what's your level of concern with Alec Manoa? <laughs> Welcome to the I'm show. I'm going to give it. Wow! Just uh, good <laughs> morning. Hi, show. how are you? But it's a bit of an. In, it's a bit of an. It's it's a bit of an. In, I know you just got up. It's a bit of an in joke, but you know, my friend Mr. Barker here. My friend Mr. Barker here tried to tried to get everybody worked up by asking yeah, everybody by asking everybody. what your <laughs> level of concern is with Alec Manoa, and then he completely he turtled and said his was five out of ten, which is effectively nothing. I said four and yeah. a half, which leans towards some concern. It was. It was just it was a it was it was just an awful uh, it was just a just a weak ass thing to do. That's the only I can think of another word. But it was a weak ass thing to throw out there. You don't throw that out and then just you know I'll play it right down the middle. Anyhow, yeah, yeah, I knew it was an inside joke when I could hear him wheezing before you finished the question. What's your level of concern uh, then? Um, you know what? I'm gonna give it a couple of weeks yet. Before I say there's concern, uh, it's it's something over the last couple of years that I've talked with different coaches and people in the organization about when we get hung up on watching velocity from start to start, right? And there have been conversations, and I've and I've heard John Schneider even joke with Alec Manoa uh, this past spring training, where you know they're like, "Wow, we look at you sitting 90, 91 in the first or second inning," and I'm looking at Pete like we should get somebody up, and then all of a sudden you rip off a 94, and you've allowed one run on four hits over six plus innings, you know, and it, and it's kind of a joke. Like you just got to give this guy a little bit of runway and let him do his thing. I would like to see, Hmm. I'm going to say three starts that gets him a couple of more weeks before there's any sort of concern. I, um, I think he's different. I think he's different on the mound. I know there's been a little bit of a shift on where he places himself on the hill there has been an absolute uh, directive and and motivation for him to stay more true in his delivery and straight. If you watch him go to the mound, he makes a mark. He makes mm-hmm. a mark right on the right on the clay in this lane that he wants to finish and drive through because he was so violent on his follow throughs the first couple of years. So he's really trying to change that. And after the ball game, you know, we were, I was talking to some people too, and we were looking at some stuff and. Um, he's not as deep as a drop, like kind of like a drop down in the drive that we saw from Alec yeah. Manoa mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. So um, he's different. He's different on the hill, but he's also the same guy. He's got a lot of deception. You know, the fastball gets on you. He struggled with the slider control last night. And anytime a guy struggles with one of his main weapons, you know, the outing is not going to go as you please. So again, you know, if he can harness a good slider and and get back on track a little bit, that certainly will alleviate a lot of pressure. But he's a guy that has been asked of so much. The innings workload jump from one season to the next has been massive. And that takes a toll on a mm-hmm. on a big guy. He's a massive human being, right? He blocks out the sun. So I want to see if his body just needs to catch up and the arm needs to catch up. So my level of concern right now is minimal, but there's there's certainly a window that we're looking at with Alec Manoa to see if he continues to progress and then just gets right back on track. So I... Okay, I, well, I, this is a, be the question. This is why I asked Jeff this. The, the, his next start, more important for you, 
uptick in velocity or more swing and miss. He had eight swing and misses last night, right? It was non-competitive. How many do you have he on the slider? Four, four on the slider, two yeah. on the sinker, two on the four seamer, right? That's what. That's why the when you see it in spring training, the velocity's down. This is where it's sort of. Sh- uh, Showing its little, you know, bad part is is when he needs a swing and miss and the added velocity, whether it be the elevated fastball to a lefty, whether it be the backdoor sinker. You know, you throw front hip sinkers because you're trying to add a little trickery because you think you have to. Not because all the time you want to. Like we saw that last night. We saw him trying to do I think the home run to the lefty, he's trying to do that. He left it middle. Uh, it yeah. wasn't high velocity. He can't get away with that, right? He's trying to trick some guys. I'm not saying that's not a nice little added weapon for him when he's really good, but you need that little uptick. That's the only reason I'm not worried about him, right? They need him to be great, but this is the expectations, right? There's a lot of expectations for these front three guys in that rotation not to be good, Ben, to be great, and that's the reason why from the gate gate issue. Because of what you didn't know, the unknowns at the back end of your, your rotation, you needed those first three guys to be predictable, and right now, other than one guy, you know, the guy in the middle and Gosman who's throwing tonight, the other two guys, you really don't know what you're going to get so far. That's the only reason. Uh, so to answer the question, I will look at more swing and miss, right? What are the yeah. hitters telling us? Mm. What are the hitters telling us with, with Alec Manoa's stuff? Um, for, for the bigger book of his work here, um, the hitters look awkward. The ball gets on them. They don't have great at bats. There they don't look, sir, they certainly don't look comfortable, right? Yeah. And that leads to swing and miss. And I want to see more of that. He can throw 92. I, 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 the velocity is less of a concern for me. I want to see uncomfortable at bats every time somebody right handed or left handed gets in the box against Manoa in the next couple of starts. Ben, do they have an issue uh, about the second base position for the Toronto Blue Jays? Do they need to pick a guy, stick with him for a week? and see how that plays out. I don't think they're going to do that. I, I'm in a traditional role. Like I kind of look at the game. I'd like to see that. I like consistency. But the way that every lineup is designed, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. There's a lot of, of input from people as well, from the baseball operations staff to the coaches. Mm-hmm. And there's some, there's some feel. The easiest thing, the easiest thing for John Schneider to make out his lineup is a hot bat a hot bat with one of those guys and get him in the lineup and let him play at second base every day. I think there's, I, you know, I get the feeling and and I certainly, I feel this way coming out of spring training that Santiago Espinal is probably feeling like the odd man out in this scenario because with all the adjustments that he made, a lot of playing time at the beginning of camp, and then all of a sudden that playing time just got slashed and we have not seen a lot of him on the field. That surprises me, certainly, and I thought he was going to get a little bit more run at second base to begin with. Um, You know, so if somebody gets hot with the bat, I think that alleviates a lot of the questions and a lot of the, certainly the carousel at second base. But we know the outfield is going to change and change a lot. You know, it's going to have a lot of Kevin Biggio and Whit Merrifield in there. So Mm. that, that also makes second base turnaround a lot for the Blue Jays. And, and there are a couple of positions on teams that get creative in how they do things defensively. There always seems to be one position turning over. The rest of the positions for the Blue Jays are pretty much set. So second base is, is what's left. You know, Ben, coming into this year, I think a lot of people would have looked at the Blue Jays and said, okay, the bullpen, good enough. Mr. Parker's said this, and, I, and, and I've agreed with him. Bullpen, good enough to get you to the postseason. Maybe not good enough to go toe-to-toe with... with 
you know, the serious contenders. I think we've seen John Schneider and the staff. I, in some ways, this might be the most settled the bullpen's been in a few years right now, isn't it? Because it's obvious that it's going to be Swanson and Garcia, some combination thereof, one before the other, and, and Romano. And it seems as if Zach Pop is pitching himself into a, a more responsible role as well. It, it, it's, it seems as if it's just more settled. I think the, the individuals are settled, not necessarily on how you stack them up. Okay. I think Jimmy Garcia. I think Jimmy Garcia is going to get the prime meat of the order. Where's the most damage mm-hmm. available against a, against the Blue Jays? Jimmy Garcia might make that appearance if the game is clipping along, and they think the best opportunity is to pitch Jimmy Garcia in the sixth or the seventh. He's going to make that appearance because of the high leverage bats and maybe right. where that damage is identified in the lineup. The ninth inning is going to belong to Romano, right? right. And you can work yourself backwards. Uh, Swanson is somebody that's in the circle of trust. That's pretty evident right now in how he's stacking up. Zach Pop certainly, like last night, had his A stuff. That is the Zach Pop that the Blue Jays want to see and want to see more. But it's been inconsistent. His mm-hmm. back-to-back outings don't look like last night. He gets a day that's off. That's true. Man, oh, man, yeah. that stuff becomes electric. It's charged up, and it plays, and it plays against any lineup. That stuff last night was the best stuff of Zach Pop, and that's why the Blue Jays want to see him and pitch him frequently to see if they can get that repeatability from, from Pop. Yeah, that's, but right now, we just haven't seen it, you know, in the back-to-back outings from Zach, but it's there. Yeah, that's a good – no, that, that, that is a great point, and there was a reason we saw Zach Pop used back-to-back in late in spring training – and we saw him used back to back in that road trip. They're they're clearly they're clearly trying to find out. Um, I, I I think they're trying to find out if he's got both feet in the circle of trust or just one. Right, right, right. Now I think he's straddling the line. Yeah, he's five out of ten. Oh, good one. Yeah. That's a good one, Ben. I'm going to throw myself under the bus. Did I overreact yes. to Brandon Belt's first 23 at bats? Yes. Why? And I'll tell you why. And this was a major concern for me. And and out of spring training, remember he got sick. He didn't get the the reps that he wanted. He didn't get the at bats, and he he fell shy of his targeted at bat total by like fifteen or twenty at bats. That's that's a pretty significant chunk. And I know that you know you guys can go to the minor the players. The the guys can go to to the backfields and they can lead off every inning in a minor league game. He didn't even get that. You know, especially with the illness. So it took some time. It took some time for him to be there. I you know. He had three hits last night. He pulled the ball. That was really encouraging. Mm. Um, it, it looked like the Tigers, as well defensively, the way that they played him from the first chunk of games, thought, okay, this guy's going to go the opposite way. He's going to try it. That's how they defended him last night. And that was really encouraging to see him rip that ball past the dive of the first baseman late. Uh, on top of everything else that he was able to do for the Blue Jays. Overreacting, absolutely. Veteran guy, didn't get his at-bats, didn't get rolling. I think he's just got to feel it out. And unfortunately, where he's got to feel it out is in the middle of a major league lineup that has a lot of expectations Mm -hmm. and is supposed to hit the ball out of the ballpark and score a bunch of runs. Kevin Kiermaier obviously is uh, was one of the stories of the game last night. It was apparent even from the start of the game the the ovation he got. You know, it's funny. I was thinking the Toronto fans know Kevin Kiermaier. We know him well. He's the, he's one of the dudes that always kind of picked our ass when the Rays came into town, right? I mean, he really was. He yeah. was a guy that was that was always 
Yeah, he, he was in was, the middle of everything. He was in the, you know, stealing he the... He took the card. He took the card. Yeah, how dare the card you. from... Was it Kirky or Jano? It was Kirky. Took yeah, his card yeah. from yeah. the card from Kirky. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. John Schneider, after the game last night, was talking about the role that Kevin Kiermaier can play in this team offensively as a number nine hitter. And it, it did kind of get me thinking, you know, he when he was with the Rays, he was part of that frisky, you know, the little engine that could offense the Rays had. And they morphed into an offense that hit home runs, frankly, but the the thing was still all oh, the rays. They're going to nip at your heels. They're going to take the extra base. They're going to squeeze. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And John's point was Kevin's in a situation now where all he has to do is get in base. Like, it, that's all he has to do here is get on base. And I'm really beginning to wonder, you know, if this guy stays healthy, what do you think a, a good offensive year for Kevin Kiermaier can be if he's healthy? Well, he's certainly an igniter, right? And he can do things on both sides. Last night was everything that you want out of Kevin Kiermaier and the energy and the expectations that he put on himself that we heard for weeks Mm -hmm. in spring training about how he was excited to be here, excited to play a lot at Rogers Center and the difference that he wanted to make defensively and offensively. A good year for Kevin Kiermaier, I think, has a high on base. And it doesn't matter how Kevin Kiermaier gets Mm -hmm. on base. It is the walks, it's deep at bats, it's base hits, and going the opposite way, you know, he, he's a completely different dude than, than the kind of that, that gnat that was flying around the picnic table <laughs> over the last right. eight years with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, while he was in the middle of everything now, he certainly wants to be in the middle of everything for the Blue Jays, but he understands his role. He goes, I now have a clear vision of what my role is and that's to get on base and flip the card so I can be driven in and score a bunch of runs. That's his number one priority. And that kind of approach to me, where he's not going to get too big, he's conveniently just going to slap the ball the other way if he's pitched away. If he turns on one, yippee, he turns on one. He doesn't have to deal with a shift anymore, and maybe it sneaks through, or maybe he works so long at bat. He's got a clear vision of what he wants to do at the plate right now, and it certainly is being taken advantage of by the guys that are rolling off the top of that lineup with him on base. And I still think that we're going to see a much more aggressive Kevin Kiermeyer when he's on the bases later on down the line. I think the Blue Jays want to run a little bit more, and he's just he is completely fine just blading everything when he's at the plate, picking up a ton of singles, maybe using his speed to get the extra bag every now and again, and not necessarily sneak his way into a double. He's still going to be aggressive, and he knows the most important step that he's going to take on the bases is the first one out of the box, and we saw that on the road trip where he hustled for the double on a base hit to center. I mean, that... When's the last time you saw that? That's incredible stuff right there, and that's that's kind of the moxie that he and a lot of the guys right now in the lineup are playing with. Ben, we're going to let you run. Look forward to your call tonight. You'll have uh, the lovely and talented Caleb Joseph alongside you, I there believe. There you go. Yeah, we're going to have some fun tonight in the broadcast booth and watch Kevin Gosman carve up the Tigers. It'll be fun. Awesome. It will be. Be well, Thanks, Ben. Buddy. Thanks for this, buddy. Thank you, guys. Be ben, well. Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Blue Jays. 707 is the first pitch tonight. Second game of the three-game series against the Detroit Tigers at the Rogers Center. Uh, before we break, wanted to mention this during the show, that uh, the Minnesota Twins recalled Edouard Julien, 
Uh, he's one of their top prospects. Uh, he is a, a native of Quebec, from Quebec City, actually, where she played for Team Canada during the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Looked awfully good. Couple of doubles, couple of home runs. Nice. Uh, and um, he played in 113 games at AA last year. Hit 319 doubles, three triples, 17 homers. And uh, he has been called up by the Minnesota Twins. Twinkies use all the help they can get, boy. Offensively. My Twinkies. Yeah, they can. Oh, you can have them. They can. Anyhow, my Twinkies. Yeah, good for him. Yes, it's uh, it's great. And uh, we're very happy for him. And uh, you It's know, warmer again, in the big leagues this Canadian time Canadian baseball. Year. Yeah, you think. <laughs> well, not, he's coming up from St. Paul. So yeah, he was in St. Paul. It's still, it's still warmer. warmer. Yeah, the clubhouse yeah. is warmer. <laughs> It's, right? It's pretty. Yeah. St. Paul, it, it's, you're it's close, pretty, but yeah. Even if it's cold, Minnesota, it's still it's yeah. still warmer. Yeah. So anyhow, well done, Edward Julian. And uh, hopefully he can uh, help carry my my twins. Oh, you picked them. I just picked them to go to the play. They're my, fa- they're my childhood team. Huh. That's all. And uh, you're right. They could use all the help. I like the get. Rockies, but I didn't pick them. 416-413-3959. I just forgot about the Mariners and the Rangers. I should have gone with the Rangers. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Uh, we will uh, get to your calls in the next hour. Get your thoughts on the Rogers Center. I want to hear from those of you who were there last night. Tell us a little bit about the atmosphere. Obviously, you can talk about the game as well. I will spare you. You know, Tell Jeff he's wrong. Asking you I'm sure he for is your about concern something. level on Alec Manolo, whether, it it's, what it was. whether it's 1 to 10. I've also got tickets to give away with Blue Jays trivia, but when we come back... Morgan Sword joins us. He's executive vice president of baseball operations with Major League Baseball. I want to talk about the rules changes. I want to talk about this dumb idea that Major League Baseball may change the changes in time for the postseason, which is, anyhow, don't get me started. It's Blair and Barker on 590-360 and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Hey, welcome back to Blair and Barker. Why am I such a good mood? Explain it. Yeah, we were. That was a good game. That was, was fun. That was fun. We had a good Blue Jays talk. We'll be doing it again tonight. After actually, we'll be doing it after every game this week. Um, we had lots of call, good calls last they were night. Good calls. Jennifer called in. Jennifer first call. First call after yeah, a nine-three yeah. win. Jennifer, yeah. she's a good baseball. Who, oh, fan, I though. love Jennifer. She, is very she calls good. up and man, she wanted to talk about second base, and I felt kind of bad. I said, Jennifer, after that, you want to talk about second you base? Should apologize. So then what happens? Right now. Two callers later, some guy calls up and <laughs> says, thing. "I want to talk about second base." I don't base. like Kevin Vigio. All right, so that's the thing. That's the thing. Second <laughs> game of the three-game series goes tonight <laughs> at seven oh seven. First pitch on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan. And, of course, on the TV side as well, Kevin Gossman against Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, that was the first game for the Blue Jays. It was the home opener, the first game at the newly refurbished Rogers Center. It was also the first opportunity last night for folks in Toronto to get a firsthand view uh, of the rules changes that Major League Baseball's put in. Two-hour and 29-minute game last night. Perfect. Jeff was in the car by 11.10 going home. I was, Jeff was a happy, happy boy. Morgan Sword is executive vice president of baseball operations with Major League Baseball. This is, is, uh, this is part of his dossier, and we're very pleased that Morgan Sword joins us on Blair and Barker. Morgan, thanks so much for joining us today. We trust that you're doing well. 
Um, two hours and 39 minutes as of Monday, the average time for a Major League Baseball game. It hasn't been below 240 since 1984. Wow. General question. Has this... Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it a little different. Are you surprised at how well this has gone? And as I say that, I am knocking on wood. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say we are surprised with how smooth uh, this transition has been. I mean, like you said, I mean, we're, we're turning the clock back almost 40 years here in terms of the way baseball looks to fans. And it's required a big adjustment for the players and the coaches and the umpires. And, uh, and everybody's just done it with such grace and and it's really been incredible so we're, we're thrilled with with how everything's going so far has there been anything you've seen so far understanding that we're we're two weeks into this but is the has there been anything you've seen so far that runs counter to what the experience was with the rules changes at the minor league level you know the one thing that is tricky to simulate in the minor leagues is the pressure and intensity uh of the big league level, you know, uh, ballparks with 40 or 50,000 people in them, um, screaming and, you know, big, uh, high leverage moments. And, uh, and we were very curious to see how that was going to look, uh, you know, cause those are the moments that historically in baseball have gone the most slowly. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it's been actually, at least for us, a pleasant surprise that, you know, like I was in Chicago the other night watching a walk off, um, uh, for the Cubs against the Mariners. And, you know, that, that game was full of big moments and they, they just happen a lot more quickly. And uh, to me, it's added some intensity and some, even a little bit of chaos, which has been fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting, um, interesting thing to watch. Morgan, what would it take to change the pitch, the, the pitch timer for a pitcher? You know, we have Chris Bassett here. He doesn't like it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. You got eight pitches. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he ain't a fan of it. Like <laughs> newsflash. What would it just be, you know, people are complaining about it. You know, people are getting hurt. What would it take to adjust the pitch timer? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're uh, realistic that, you know, nothing that, you ever do in baseball is going to have a hundred percent approval rating. So, mm-hmm. Uh, what we've done with this is let the fans guide us, right? And wow. um, and this from the very beginning was a, uh, a loud and clear message we were getting from baseball fans, which was we want these games sped up, we want a better pace, we want more action in the game, um, and that's what the pitch timer delivers. And and you know of course, right? It's it's it doesn't come without uh, some adjustment, and um, you know it does require players to change their routines a little bit. But you know by and large, uh, you know the the adjustments have have been seen. And, you know, we are we have under one violation called per game already. That's both teams combined. And, you know, pitchers and position players alike have found a way to, you know, do their jobs without, uh, you know, without the delays that we've had in prior years. Morgan, are you worried about velocity one way or the other? Uh, we talk about velocity a lot and, yeah. and more generally just kind of the overall dominance of pitching these days. Uh, and. You know, it's a hard thing to um, to control just because pitchers are really good uh, in, in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, we have not seen a big move in terms of our league-wide velocity. I mean, there was some theory that, you know, speeding up the pace a little bit might might cause velocity to tick down. We haven't really seen that yet, but, again, we're early and, and we're going to monitor it. Uh, Major League Baseball, what do you think about teams trying to send left fielder to right field? You know, it's sort of that. I see what you're doing over there. You're going to make some adjustments. If you don't let us take the second baseman to the outfield, we're just going to move our left fielder. Any adjustments there 
to where you might restrict teams to say you got to stay in this area if you're in the outfield, especially left fielders? Yeah, you know, we knew it was a possibility uh, going into this season, and we thought that it was not going to happen too frequently because the cost of playing your left fielder in short right field is pretty significant sure. now, right? If the if the hitter's able to lift the ball into left field, it's an extra base hit, and um, and as a result, I think you've seen it only for only by a couple of clubs and only against the most uh, sort of pull friendly left-handed hitters. So, you know, if it became a big issue, I think we definitely would want to talk about, you know, restricting in some way the where the outfielders stand, but you know, that's a big step too, right? I mean, you think about how you'd actually do that. It's a, Mm -hmm. it's a more drastic version of this thing. So we're going to let this play out. Hopefully it's, it's uh, pretty few and far between. And, you know, we're restoring that traditional aesthetic that fans are asking for. In conversation with Morgan sword, executive vice president of baseball operations for major league baseball. Now I'm, I'm hoping I'm paraphrasing uh, the commissioner correctly here. Uh, But there, there has been some talk that perhaps there may be some alterations to the rules. And, and this maybe this hasn't come from Rob. There might be some alterations to some of these rules later in the year for the postseason. Do you, I mean, I don't, look, I, I, I'm one of those people. I like the rules you play under, the rules you play in the regular season to me should be the rules you play in the postseason. Could, could you see that happening? Could we may see a, slower pitch timer or more seconds added on for the postseason? You know, we're really comfortable with how this is going so far. And I think one benefit of uh, playing as many games as we do in baseball is you get to see a lot of baseball under this set of rules, right? And and as I mentioned earlier, I mean, we have seen already in the first two weeks of the season, lots and lots of big, intense, high leverage moments played with this quicker pace. And, you know, ultimately fans are going to lead us here. And, you know, at least what I see when I watch that game um, is it's actually more exciting and mm-hmm. more engaging. And, uh, and, you know, some of the things that I understand we're worried about, um, you know, the timer violations impacting game outcomes. And that's something that nobody wants, but again, um, you kind of, take the violations with the, with the quicker pace, right? That's kind of yeah. part of the trade you're making. Um, so, uh, but we, you know, as the commissioner said, I mean, we've been sort of tweaking, clarifying, making changes almost on a daily basis, you know, during spring training and in the first couple of days of, this, of the season. But, you know, a lot of those changes are, are kind of around the edges and, you know, just to accommodate um, all these weird things that can happen in the course of a baseball game. So, um, you know, we'll see, but, you know, we, we feel really good about how it's going. Now, my uh, my friend Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News, who was up here for the opener, he does obviously covers the Buffalo Bisons a great deal. And he was explaining to me how the automatic balls and strike system was going to be used this year in the minors. And, and am I correct that, that in some games it will be used on every pitch, in other games it will just be used on a challenge basis? And what would it take for Major League Baseball understanding that this has got to be done through the Players Association, everything as well, Morgan, but what would it take for Major League Baseball to bring in a a fully automated ABS system next year? Yeah. Uh, so you're right that um, in, in AAA this year, uh, starting in about two weeks, we're going to be running a, um, basically three days a week is going to be what we call full ABS, where the system is used to call every single pitch. And then three days a week, uh, it's going to be the challenge system where it's kind of running in the background and players can challenge pitches, uh, but generally the umpire's making the calls. And the reason for doing both of those things is we want to 
we want for the AAA group to see them alongside each other and have a test of, you know, whether there's one that people like better. Um, and we're still uh, have some pretty big questions that are unanswered in terms of what the right version of this mm-hmm. thing is for the major league level. Um, but I think ultimately the question about whether to bring ABS to the big leagues comes down to whether it's going to enhance the game and make the game better. And, uh, and, you know, and I think that that's a, that's a tricky question. Um, and it's the test that we've put all of these rule changes through. Um, and I think it was the right test for the group that's in this year. And, you know, we'll, we'll, when we, whenever we get to the kind of that best version of ABS, you know, I, I think we'll, that's the conversation we'll have. And we're still, I, I know we had you on last year and you were talking about the strike zone and, and, and how, and, and, you know, the, the, the difficulty with coming up with a system that is going to be fair for everybody based on how the, you know, based on what we think the strike zone is best on what the player, based on what the player thinks the strike zone is yeah. all, all this stuff. And you made the comment about a kind of right now, it's almost an oval strike zone and, and you, it's, it's kind of hard to get the technology in place to accommodate that. Are we closer to that? Do you think that it, it'll simply come down to the execution of the system as opposed to whether or not the system is, is accurate enough? Yeah. You know, it, it, we, the technology is great in terms of the, you know, the tracking system that finds where the pitch is and, and, you know, uh, determines whether it's a ball or a strike. The thing that is surprisingly difficult is picking a strike zone to load into that system that everybody's mm-hmm. going to agree with. Right. And, you know, the, the reason for that, as you said, is that the umpires in the, in the big leagues and in the minor leagues right now call a more sort of oval shaped zone. And the rule book zone obviously is more of a rectangle, right? Um, and so when you, when you load in that rectangle into the system, you create a lot of pitches that surprise everybody. And, and, uh, and that's not what you want, right? I mean, ideally you just want to replicate something that's consistent and, and, uh, and people agree with, and you avoid the sort of the big miss, the impactful miss. Um, but that, that project has been a lot more challenging than we initially anticipated. Um, and, uh, so that's another focus for us in this AAA test this season is seeing if we can get to a geometry of the strike zone that matches what players and coaches expect a little bit better. Morgan, listen, we really appreciate your time mm-hmm. today. Uh, you know, as someone who's watched a lot of baseball, I can tell. I mean, I love it's wonderful. I love I you love the pitch run. timer. It's wonderful. Yeah, I I really think you guys have. I have not mm-hmm. heard. I mean, I I don't even I haven't really had a, a player complain about it either. It's you know even guys that I thought might complain about it they've kind of Chris Bassett <laughs> they, they've decided to they've decided to adopt it. So really well done, and we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. That's awesome. Thrilled to hear it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Take care. It's Morgan Sword, Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations for MLB, and uh, that that is interesting because it is the the, the and and Morgan explained it perfectly. The strike zone is a geometric notion. And the technology doesn't exist right now to measure the strike zone as it is currently called in baseball. This is why the strike, I'm going to, I'm not, let me take a deep breath here. I'm not going off about the idiotic strike box that's on the TV screen. I'm not going to go off on it. So what if it's not what the umpires call? So what if it's not what the players... I'm not going to go off on it. Just give me a second you here, You should Kevin. work for the umpires. I'll take it down. No, I'm just... You should. Give me a second here. Um, so that is... 
that that is something that 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 obviously needs to be developed. Here's the thing with the challenge system. First of all, the idea of changing things for the playoffs, I don't like. Because then you get... I then, don't either. Then you're the I'm NHL you. where you have a certain overtime for the regular season. Then the playoffs come along and you essentially say, you know what? The way we do it in the regular season is too dumb. Hard. It's too hard so for we're the umpires do it. to keep yeah. up either. Yeah, it, it's, it's too hard. Yeah, I just... screw that up. It's leave too it, hard. It's way too hard. Leave it the way it is. Mm. Don't change it for the postseason. I, I just... just Leave it the way it is. Mm-hmm. Now, the ABS, the automatic. I always think I always think of brakes in the car when I think of ABS. But the the um, the ABS system, the the automated strike zone. Now, first of all, thank God we're not calling it robo umps anymore because it's not robo umps. No, the umpires are still going to be involved in it. Yeah. But the idea of a challenge system. I mean, we talked about this in the field yesterday. How do you implement it? Do you give each player a challenge, one challenge a game? God, I hope not, because that is going to slow it down. Do you give a team a certain number of challenges? Okay, let's think about that for a minute. Eighth inning. I've Our team has already used all its three challenges. I'm Bo Bichette at the plate, and I challenge a pitch. Now, Vladdy's coming up behind me. He got no challenges left. Like it, That will create an issue in the clubhouse. Trust me. Now, there are some organizations in the minor leagues, they are saying, okay, we are going to allow our catchers, not the pitchers, our catchers are going to be able to challenge a pitch when they're behind the plate. I don't like the challenge. Either you bring it all in and you go full ABS or you don't bring it in. Yeah, there's a lot of things there. I, I, do you I th- like the challenge system, Kevin? I, I, I do. Okay. Well, you played, so I mean, I, mean, I, I bow to you. I, I, How I would do. you feel if you well, if you lost look, a challenge look, because look, dude in front of you look, used look, it? Look, Santiago Espinal is probably not going to use it. How do you know? Because Bo, Bo, Bo Bichette, there's Bo Bichette, there's there's George Springer, there's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It, it would be a very Kevin. superstarish look, thing. Let me just jump Let's in. Let's be honest two about out, that. Just let me finish. I ain't flipping let, around it, and taking away a challenge hey, hey, two, if I'm hitting the bottom of the order. Two outs, in the, eight, two outs in the eighth inning. Let yeah. me finish. Two outs in the eighth inning. Bases loaded. Santiago Espinal. Never, Kevin Biggio, because he's got, a, he's got a great strike of, You're not running out of your challenges because somebody at the bottom of the order is not using it. That's my point. You're only using it in big parts of games. So, early in the early in the game is probably not the biggest part well, unless you're a Bo Bichette or a Vladdy or a George loaded. Springer. Bases, again, let me, get ba- let me get back to this. Bases loaded in the eighth inning. You're Kevin Biggio. You, it's, let me finish. you got a pretty good idea of the strike zone. That's a big... That's Base a is big loaded. part That's of the game. Big... Is my point is, you see, it, wow. it, it would be very, it would be wow. very, wow, catered to what part of the game you're in, and quite frankly, what the name on the back of your jersey is. Wow, that is just insane. It is. It would be. You know, it would be. That's insane. So that that good luck getting that by in the clubhouse. Oh, good. You... I just say you you're don't way, think you're that... way overthinking this thing, oh. right? You're you're way sure because everybody know you're the guy that tells me that everybody's everybody in baseball is driven by 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 money, which they should be. But now you're saying that you know what? When it comes yes. to the challenge system, ah, uh, no uh, one's going to uh, care. Again, a lot of these guys are not going to use this thing in the first inning. I mean, if the bases were loaded and the call was just crazy bad, you're going to use it. 
But that's that's the whole point in having it. You know, it's like the pitch timer. You know, going into it, you got 15 seconds. You know, going into this thing, you got three of them. Yeah, good luck. You're not going to use it the first. It's that thing. You got to be luck. smart with them. That's why they haven't came out with it yet. They're not. They haven't refined it enough to, like you said, so you're not making everybody mad. Like that's basically what this has come down to. You got to figure out a way to. You're trying to make everybody happy. That's not the easiest thing to do, right? You're going to have to be careful when you're using it. You're going to have to be smart about it. That That's the whole, that's the whole you know point what, of this you know, kind of thing. You know it's, how, it's kind of fun to actually yeah, You know how I would it. use it? You're going to, this is going to put drive, it in the game. This is going to drive you nuts. You know how I'd use it? Every team would be allowed three challenges per game from its. After the fifth let, inning. Let me finish. From its catcher. Hitters would not yeah, be allowed like to challenge. Yeah, okay. Hitters would not be allowed allowed to challenge. And again, so now challenge. you're saying, okay, we can't use our challenge till the fifth inning. Well, that's, I mean, you want to talk about creating an, a rule for the sake of creating a rule. That's just stupid. Either you do again, the full. This is why they're trying this in the minor leagues. Either you go full ABS or you don't go in all. the minor leagues. If they, don't, if they don't have enough to worry about trying to get the big leagues, now they got to worry about doing this. Don't you like it? Hey, Barker, you know, today, <laughs> yeah. today we're yeah. using a challenge system. Yeah, Tomorrow we're not using it so much. <laughs> Oh, thank you for that. Hey, I appreciate it. All thank my 7000 I'm making a month. I appreciate uh, that. We've been giving away, and we are giving away, we are giving you to be specific. What did we learn a chance to win. About the, I'm not sure. Well, we learned that, that we learned that the whole, I mean, I the find. The work in progress. I think that's what we learned, right? Well, to, to take it down to a granular, granular level, we learned that they have not yet figured out how to have the strike zone represented and the ABS system. Yeah. That's what we learned. You, I mean, they haven't. Yeah. You, you can't, you literally, they haven't been able to figure out how to load the damn thing into this damn thing so that it registers and it's I, accurate. I, you, yeah, you're going to hear it. This is going to be shocking to you. I wish they wouldn't do that. And, and it, coming, fine. For, coming from me, that's because yeah, I, I don't like umpires. You hate umpires. I, it hates strong because no, I, no, hate I don't hate a lot of people. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think of umpires? <laughs> right to that. Dude. All right. I ain't uh, riding the fence on that one. We're, we've been giving you the chance all season long, and we'll give you the chance all season long to win Blue Jays tickets here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio or on a podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. Yesterday's question and answer was solid. Who holds the White Sox single season record for RBIs? Albert Bell at 152 in 1998. That's a great question because I know, hey, you went through Frank Thomas, mm-hmm. Jim Tomey. No question. That's, folks, that's of, folks of a certain age would look at Harold Baines, mm, DH. Maybe. Maglio Ordonias, people who go back to like Shoeless Joe or folks like that as well. No, it was Albert Bell, 152 in 1998. I could tell you a real good Albert Bell story, except I don't want our station to lose its uh, its license. Uh, today's question, a real good Albert Bell story. Today's question uh, is to win tickets to see the Jays and White Sox down at the Rogers Center on April 25th. This is... Did you come up with this, Boffle? Lance. Lance Kennedy, our technical director. This is solid. I mean, we should. I'm going to give. Best I'm going to give both speech, of them a round of applause. Best team speech giver ever. This guy who won Rookie of the Year as a member of the White Sox, and would later manage the team for eight seasons. Again, who won Rookie it's, of the Year as a member of the White Sox and would later manage the team for eight seasons? Actually, it's not that good. That's it's, pretty easy. It's that's a slam dunk. 
I still like it. He gives Because great anytime speeches. I can mention this dude's name. Text the answer to 59590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. We can call him friend of the show because he's been on. I played for him. Winter Bowl. Oh, well, you played for everything. He, yeah. he was player manager. <laughs> can you tell me? Can you give me an example of what a post-game speech would be or a pre-game speech would, I would be from be him? fired yeah. in two seconds. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much fitting in. So that's that's the topic. That's the tone of today's show, right? I, can I can't tell you, tell you actually, my Albert Bell I can story. Tell you I actually and you listened, can't tell me. Because you're like, you can't believe he's, he's the way he say it. it's. I listened. I'd never listened Scary to Scary dude? The play no, for no, he's he's he, likable. He says words a lot, and it's he he's a little overkill with it. So All it's right. like it gets really sort of like me. So again, today's question: Win tickets to the Jays and White Sox game at the Rogers Saturday, April twenty uh, fifth. Is who won Rookie of the Year as a member of the White Sox and will later manage the team for eight seasons? Text the answer to five ninety five ninety for your shot we to give it win. Away? See what we gave it away, didn't we? The answer. Yeah, but that's okay. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I like it because I like the dude. And, and I do it, like him, too. Question. It's he a good a, question. He was always nice. And the man. White Sox are kind of a funky team anyhow. You see Tim Anderson's hurt again. That's why I didn't pick him. You were thinking about it. Mm, I did, actually. You, you did. You may have picked him to go to the wild card. I did not. I did you not. You may have picked him Who, to go to the wild who's card. Who's their bench coach? That's why I didn't. Charlie Montoya. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. It's because they were hurt a lot. Dylan Cease is really good, though. Dylan Cease is really good. He'll win the Cy Young, probably. Um, got a pretty good chance. Mm-hmm. 416-413-3959 is the... Did I get it right? I just well, it's right the there. Name. Oh, yeah. 416-413-3959 Gosh. is the back leg That's line. And uh, we uh, want to hear from you if, you if you were at the game last night. Give us your thoughts on the Rogers Center renovations. Give us your thoughts on the second base situation because, again, apparently a lot of people have thoughts. And I just never really remember. Um, I, I would say the three people that are involved in that don't like it. Yeah, I would say that's I've true. been in that situation. I hated it. And I got released the next day because of it. I mean, don't, you want to know the truth about it? Sooner than later, they're going to have to pony up and make a decision. Don't say it like it is. That's the. I've been in the room before. I've been one of the three. It made my head want to pop off, and all I wanted to do was yell and scream at the guy that brought the three of us there. I hated it. How dare you do that to the three of us? Like it puts you in an uncomfortable position. Sooner than later, the Blue Jays as an organization will have to make a decision with one of the three. Yes or no? I know who I'd keep and who I'd let go. I'm not going to say I, it right I, now. 416, I think it's obvious. 416-413-3959. We'll take a break, come back on the other side with your voice notes. No, I haven't. I'm still the same me. You've changed, Mr. Scale of 1 to 10. (laughs) You're listening to Blair and Barker and watching Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360. And if you're listening to us via podcast, obviously you found us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven oh seven is the first pitch tonight from the Rogers Center. As uh the Jays take on the Detroit Tigers in the second to three games. Kevin Gossman Who against Eduardo Rodriguez. Who got the Rodriguez. last night when announced? 
So we I, everybody a, seems to think that's a big deal. You were up there too. Uh, yeah. This guy, Don Mattingly, I thought. Mattingly, yeah. Uh, Matt, to me, it was Mattingly. Pete Walker got a big one. It was Mattingly, Vladdy. Vladdy got a solid one. And uh, Kiermaier was Kiermaier. long. Yeah, Kiermaier was a long. longer. I don't think it's real loud, but it's longer. Yeah. And you could, uh, you know what? When Kevin Kiermaier was introduced, you could tell the sections of the stadium, and I mean this with all due respect. You could tell the sections of the stadium where there are a lot of women. I, I am not. I'm just. I'm just telling you. He is. Uh, he is. You go on social media. He is a. Uh, he's a popular dude. He's a dude. He's a really he is good player. Ju- I don't know he, what that means. Define he, that. It's cool. He looks cool. Yeah, he's. He, he, He's a dude. I mean, that's not that. Is that a tool? You know, it's a, As a, for a baseball no, you know player. What? No, like, here's the thing. He's got, dude, he's dude, got, dude, he's got yeah. six. He's got six tools. He got, he's 40, cool. he got a forty. got a forty in dudeness. <laughs> right here, right here. Here's your scouting report. Yeah, dudeness yeah. forty. <laughs> um, no, you know the thing with Kevin Kiermaier that is really kind of neat is uh, everybody. Uh, every media member in this city has 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 probably talked to him at some point as an opposing player. Um. Or most like media him, members have, have probably talked to him. At I some really like talking to him. As an, you did? I did like. Talking. Yeah, and and what I was going to say is he was. I didn't like him as a writer. He was a terrific interview. You know, as a visiting player. Yeah, you know, our friend our friend Stephen Brunt did a did a feature on Charlie Montoyo a couple of years ago, and he talked about interviewing Kevin Kiermaier. It's just he's a nice. He is a nice man. He is. Hmm. Yeah, he just is, yeah. and it's kind of. There are guys, you know, guys sometimes when they come over, sometimes when they come to new team, I think they kind of try too hard to be, to be liked. Now, let's be honest. And it, it's just, 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 he's just, gotten off to a quick right, start. But it's let me, I, I just think that this is everything you hear, guys like Mark Topkin who covered the race forever. This is Kevin Kiermaier. This is Kevin Kiermaier when he's over 100. Well, he's, this is Kevin Kiermaier when he's cheered for. That. That's the difference. Well, he's in a dome stadium where he's got a lot of people cheering for him. Absolutely. But uh, anyhow, yeah, dudeness. He's got uh, 40 in a dudeness. Dudeness scale. 416-413-3959. What would I get in a dudeness scale? No, nothing. That scale four one six four. four <laughs> I get five. 416-413-3959 is our back leg line. Questions, comments, you criticism. give yourself a five. Questions, comments, criticisms for Mr. Barker. Jim in Toronto, he's got some thoughts. Uh, my question for Mr. Barker uh, is about base running. Jays are, look to be a great base running team. Uh, so I, I would love to hear uh, what for, from Kevin, what are the elements of great base running in his view, apart from obviously reading the ball off the bat? If he could talk a bit about, about the aspects of great base running. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, look, the the very first thing it sounds silly. You got to want to run the bases. Like you, you got you you, you makes sense. When you get on the bases, you got to want to go first to third. You got to want to go first to home. A lot of base runners don't want to do that. Like it has to, it has to be told to you in spring training. Like John Snyder has that little speech he gave. You know, there was some words in it you can't repeat. But the point was, you know, we're we're not going to beat ourselves. We're going to put pressure on bad defenses, and I think that's what they're trying to do. Now, obviously, they got to have guys that can do this. You know, you got to have guys that can get on first base. You got to have guys that you think can go first to third. You don't want Kirky trying to do that all the time. I mean, it's obvious. Like, you got to be the guy that's, you know, you got to be smart about it. But I, 
again, it sounds simple. You know, the the route running and, and the cutting the right angles. And yeah, I always say the silly thing. The, the only reason the third base coach is over there is to stop you. I don't care where the ball's at. Good base runners don't need to be told it was come an on, issue. It was an, it was an issue last night with Brandon, Brandon Bell. Belt, right? Last night, that was a tr- cost him a run. Cost him a run. Yeah, early in the game, right? The, now, it, did, it didn't really matter. John Schneider did say that this is what happened. Alejandro Kirk hit a ball over the right fielder's head, went uh, off the wall. Off the wall. Dalton Varshall scored. Brandon Bell could have. I mean, I could I could have made it the third. No question. I could have made it the third. Now, according to what John Schneider said, and, and I didn't. I didn't see the replay. Luis Rivera signaled to Belt to stop at third base. In other words, keep coming, stop at third base. Belt misread it and stopped at second. That's what John Schneider said. But the the bottom line is this. If you're Brandon Belt, I got Dalton Varsho in front of me. He's hauling ass. He's scoring on that. So I've got to well, be thinking. Once I've got to be thinking. Once it's over the guy's head, Kevin, I got to be thinking. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, you never worry about the guy that's in front of you unless he's super slow. Varsho's okay. not. So he doesn't Bar- matter Varsho, to Brandon absolutely Bell. Absolutely not. Okay, that's the, a good the, point. The, okay, Kirky's hitting. Yeah, he hit that ball to right center. He doesn't have tremendous power, but you know where the fences are at, right? You know right. how tall they are. <laughs> you got a good chance of that either going over somebody's head or off that wall. Go three quarters of the way to second base. You're looking at the play. You're not worrying about the guy in front of you. It's a, like that's an excuse. Okay. The championship teams don't make excuses. I love John. And I understand what Louis Rivera was doing. He didn't have the greatest of days yesterday for a third base coach. I mean, he sent one guy and the guy didn't go. Like there was some in we between saw, there. We've seen right? uh, we saw Bo run through a stop sign earlier we, this year, we, too. We've seen some things over I mean, there, that's... right? That, yeah. I think they're trying sometimes to be too aggressive and sometimes Louie's a little in between and, you know, don't want to run into an easy out, basically, There's, right? Is there going to... But that's an excuse, man. Don't, don't, don't worry about the runner in front of you. Worry about you. Watch the baseball. The baseball will tell you everything okay, you need to do. I'm going to come up with another excuse. I'm going to come up with another excuse. And I, and I don't want you to do your usual eye-rolling thing. But I, his first game in this ballpark... Hear me out. Belt's first game in this ballpark, you know, the new configurations and everything, is there... I understand good base running principles are good base running principles Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, regardless of where you are. I get all that. Are we maybe going to have to cut these guys a bit of slack while they get used to... No. The, okay. No. They're big leaguers. They're good base right. runners. Again, this gets back to that thing. Watch the baseball. Go freak... He goes almost to the bag. He can basically step on it and get back to first if he had to. That's true. You're making excuses for him. It was awful base running. Like, it's like the Kirky pop-up in the big part of the game. Catch it. You're a big leaguer. Like, there's no excuse for that. That got me sent down. I missed a ball in Chicago when I was a rookie. Next day, I was in double A. That's the point here is if we're going to hold these guys and think these guys can win 100 games – it's little things like that. And when you're facing Detroit, you can get away with that. When you're facing the Rays, who are 13-0, not yet. you they going first to third is a giant deal. Makes it easier for the guy on the on-deck circle. Gary in Edmonton, and again, the back, but leg, that's a great question. the back leg line is 416-413-3959. I want to hear from folks who were at the game last night and tell us a little bit about their experience. But uh, Gary in Edmonton, go ahead. I wanted to comment on Alex Manoa. I thought he really battled. 41 pitches in the second inning. Kept him in the game. No runs in the first, no runs in the third, no runs in the fourth. 
one out in the fifth. He kept them in the game. I thought it was a really gutsy effort. He obviously didn't have his best stuff, but he hung in there and he hung in there and he hung in there and he kept them in the game. I think he should be praised for his effort. Really love the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Gary. I mean, my initial reaction is I don't want my home opener starter. Uh, I don't want him having to do that against the Detroit Tigers. I don't want him battling. He should be able to go in and just dominate. Having said that, Gary's having right. said that, Gary's right. Yeah, there is something to be said, and and this is something about Alec Manoa. There is something to be said for those days where you stink. Let just don't let the inning get out of let control. Let me ask you a question. Now, you give me a serious answer. You, you, can uh, you do that? One to ten? If I'll that, give myself no, a six and a half. If that was Jose Barrios, how would that start have looked? He's coming out throwing three miles an hour slower oh, that, than he normally he, does, he, even he, if it is Detroit. He, how would not, the second inning would have looked? I mean, they would have given up, he, he would have given up five or six runs Gary, in the second to inning. To Gary's point. The 41-pitch second Gary's inning from Jose Barrios says there's going to be five now, runs on now, the board. Now, Alec needs to come out and make some adjustments. He said it after the game. I, that's his yeah. words, but not mine. But even, he, I, even I said that. You can build off of things, but Gary's right. Yeah. Could have, could have really fallen off the tracks, and they would have been out, completely out of the game, and they were not. Yeah. When, that's what one of your better pitchers is no, supposed I, to do. And, and we have to... Yeah, we my expectations we have are a to, higher than most people's though. But we do have to and I'm and I'm glad Gary brought that up because yeah, we we do have to say that he did he kept it together. He gave him a chance. And exactly. But I I I am going to keep going back to this cautioning people and you're going to think that I'm making an excuses an excuse for the guy. I'm not. I'm just saying we're not talking about a 30-year-old multiple Cy Young award winner here. There may be hiccups. There may be hiccups with this guy. Man, just this right. Is the second full season, right? Started the yeah, second full just, season. That sophomore slump kind of thing. That, 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 that I don't believe that sophomore. You don't? It, it's the thing. God, no. It's a thing. You it's know like what? momentum. You know what? It's you know not a thing. I, I, I did that. I went through that. You know why it's a thing? Now, now, now the league knows what you do well. You know well, the what they're going to try and do? You know what they're going to try the, and do? Hit the other things. Yeah, but the league knew what you did well. The league knew what Not, you did well last July. It's, it's now, now it's everybody. I, 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 I went through that. I didn't right. like, plate awareness was my thing. Okay, that's that was my downfall. The ball in off the plate. If I'd have laid off that, you know, it's a game of inches. They always say, right? It cost me big league time when I was in the minor leagues. I I think it's a thing. You may not, but no, I, I, I I'm not going to argue with you because you. I mean, you played and you you were there. But I anyhow, I'm not going to argue. I just I, the, the sophomore slump is just one of those things. I need there has to be a reason for something to happen. I don't believe. That's, I don't believe that stuff just happens in sports. That doesn't make sense. Andrew and Brampton, go ahead. Just wondering what you guys think of a sort of like the pitch clock, a digital sign in the background that calls balls and strikes. To me, balls and strikes aren't arbitrary. It is either a ball or a strike. So, you know, instead of a sign going to the umpire and then them making the call, just, you know, immediately say ball or strike like the uh, box on the TV, uh, the player oh, likes so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No. Make it oval. No. If you, if you want to do that, make it oval. That's, I mean, that's how they're, you know, they're, they're trying to make an excuse for an umpire and say they call it oval. You know, it's bigger it's that not way. Making it. Yeah, that's absolutely what they're doing. Uh, look, I'm with you. I, oh. I, th- I, think, I think it's more north and south. How do you figure out north and south, right? North is it, that way, south yeah, is this obviously, way. obviously, obviously, but how high do you go? How low do you go? East and west, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's the corners. It's not a big deal. North and south is a big deal. I think that's where they're trying to make players happy. How high is high? 
How yeah. high are you going? Yeah, but, okay. I don't want a digital. I don't want a sign behind home plate with a check mark for a strike and an X for a I ball to, or something like that. I told like you I, I want it to stay the, the way it is, yeah. and I don't like umpires. I don't. But I, because I think they're a part of baseball. I think you're going to water it down so much and make it so electronic that it just sort of takes the human element and, out of it. And you Every know, once in a while, when I'm 0 for 13, coming off a night game where I went 0 for 3 with three punches, every once in a while I just like turn around and have a little nice conversation with an umpire about his strike zone. That's do you just me know hmm. something we I lose track of? They, you know what will disappear if you bring the ABS in? What? You will not have managers ejected for I arguing know. balls and strikes I anymore. Know. There was, I mean, you won't. You won't have that. You're, it, it, you, at, at best, you may have the thing you have in soccer, which drives me nuts, where you have video-assisted refereeing. A call is made. It goes to the command center. The players surround, I understand they're soccer players, so they're wired differently. The, the players surround the on-field umpire who's got nothing to do anymore. It's out of his hands, and they're bitching at him. And he's going, guys, I, I, I'm just sitting here with the thing in the ear waiting the for robot. a guy to come down. I got, I got nothing for you. And they're yelling at him and screaming at him and gesturing at the screen. He's going, this is not, nothing about me. I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So That's why I don't like Anyhow. Him. I like yelling at him. That's the point. I don't know. I, I you still need umpires, and I, you're gonna I'm, and you're gonna and you're gonna have umpires. I agree with you. Oh, no name but a caller from Toronto. This sounds like it could be made up. This could be our friend Chris from Stovall. Go ahead. Go, the, that's an inside joke. Go ahead. What are the chances of the Jays getting an All Star game happening? Ah. It's been you know over thirty years now. It's about time. Let's get the midseason classic in here. Let's go, go Jays. Uh, there will be an all-star game here. I believe Shy reported this at the last all-star game. Um, and for those of you, the all-star, basically the all-star game now has become, it, it's become a gift the commissioner's office gives to cities for, you know, centennial celebrations or putting a lot of money into a new uh, anniversary celebrations, pardon me, not centennial celebrations, putting a lot of money into new facility, building a new facility. I think Shy wrote at the All-Star game, the Jays are in the picture for an All-Star game. The second phase of this renovations will be done next year. I would think at some point we'll see the Jays have an All-Star game here in five years, maybe. I don't I hope so. I don't know off the top of my head what the, you know, what, what cities have already received games games for what years, but the indications are that that Toronto will get a game. And and yeah, I uh you know, absolutely. Uh the All Star game Why not? is what I say. People probably don't believe this, but man, the All Star game is a, the All Star game is a fun event. Like if I had to if 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 I had to go to one if I had to go to one baseball game in my life. People were going to say you'd probably go to a game seven. No. If I go to one baseball game in my life, I would go to an all-star game. It's just, it is a, it's a cool experience. Um, there's a lot going on surrounding it. So, yeah, I, I think there's a real good chance that Toronto, that Toronto gets an all-star game soon. You're right. It's been too, it, it's, too it's been too long. Yep. It would be nice if we could get an all-star game here when you have a real good team. They do have a good team. I'm, I'm saying, but it would be nice that you get an all-star game here. You still got Vladdy around. You still got <clears throat> Bo around, which leads me to something we haven't talked about yet. 
Uh, and we've got other callers, do we, Mark? Which leads me to something we haven't talked about yet, but I wanted to mention this. Uh, Shai Davidi's got an excellent article on Sportsnet.ca. He had a chat with Vladdy Jr. yesterday and talked to him about the status of his contractual uh, talks with the Blue Jays. They have The sides have not made any advancement. I think Vladdy's line was nothing serious is in place, but Vladdy also essentially said, something we've talked about. He said, I'm, I'm okay with it right now. Like, it's not, it, it's not something that's hanging over my basically, head. Basically, it's a really big number. I'm okay with it right now. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's it, it's a really it big number. It is. Uh, but that is, and of course, that, look, it's understandable that that was going to become a topic of conversation because I've always thought that Vladdy was more likely to sign a contract with this organization, a long-term contract with this organization, than Bo was. And and that's just because last year it seemed as if it was something that stuck in Bo's craw, whereas Vladdy just, yeah, I'd love a long-term contract. I'm happy here. I'd like to finish my career here, but essentially whatever. And I don't mean that flippantly. He just wasn't front of his mind. Uh-huh. So I was surprised when they got a deal done with Bo ahead of Vladdy. And I under, understanding that it doesn't, it hasn't brought out a year of free agency. Yeah, but here, here's here's what I here, here's why I'm not at all worried about Vladdy's situation right now. They got some money coming off the books next year, uh, and even though, first of all, ownership, this ownership is going to spend. Yep, they are going They're to spend. Mm-hmm. They sunk a crap ton of money into a ballpark that for 18 months they basically wasn't full. Up. Right, they want a good product. On they the will spend money. They're a luxury tax team. Keep an eye on what happens at the end of Hyunjin Ryu's contract. Mm-hmm. The, the payout to Randall Gritchick, I think, ends next year. And this is not, it's not like this is a, it's not like, oh my God, Ryu's contract is hanging over the blues. It's not that. But the point is, if you can, if you start moving out a little bit of that money, mm-hmm. you have a little more wiggle room to sit down with Vladdy and not only give him you know, the contract you gave Bo. But now you sit down and talk to Vladdy and say, look, let's just not buy out your remaining two years of arbitration. Let's look at four years where we take two of your free agent years. That's going to cost a lot of money. I get it. But so I, I, I'm kind of operating on, on, on that assumption when it comes to Vladdy. I'm not really going to focus on this situation, I don't think, until until the end of the year. But it was just, it was an interesting, it was yeah. an interesting, it was an interesting article. And, and, just very interesting getting Vladdy's take on yeah. the situation. The, the, well, the difference between the two players is Bo wanted to feel wanted because of the way he plays defense. He 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 didn't feel like he he was wanted because of those reasons. Vladdy knows he's wanted. That, that's the big difference here. They know that you know the sort of is this is the two players that are going to help take them ultimately where they want to go. Right. And, and quite frankly, you got to have a happy shortstop. I mean, let's be honest about it. And that way you make him happy is to make his wallet fatter. I mean, let's not lie about it. That's that's the way to a happy baseball heart is to make that wallet fatter. And that's exactly what happened. That'd make me feel wanted, wouldn't it? No. Yeah. So the road to a baseball player's heart is through his wallet, not that, through his stomach. No, no. They can, I'll use my own money to go make my belly... Kevin Gossman against Eduardo Rodriguez tonight. Uh, Kevin Gossman's been awfully good right from the right from the get go. 
Uh, it seems funny that when all the pitch timer and the box, when that came in, we were wondering, oh, my it's God, how's, him, how's Kevin Gossman going to handle it and da-da-da. And even Kevin Gossman said, but even Kevin Gossman said, you know, yeah, it sucks kind of being the guy that everybody's pointing at. Yeah, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. You. He's really good. His velocity's really good. Yeah. Break on his split finger's really good. His mentality what? of raising his eyes to be able to okay. throw a split finger for strikes. That's is what I really want. Good. That's where I wanted to go. His we had him on and he, he talked with about the slider, that. don't abuse it, but when I throw it, it's got to be really good. It's been really good. He's the best pitcher they got. There's no other way to say it. Like I'm not saying that. What does that slider What does that slider do for him? Makes if me he think, refines it, what well, does it do for well, him? Well, he's throwing, he can throw it for a strike, to steal a strike. Like, he'll get me over back door, sort of looks like a cutter. It's got a little bit more 12-6 break than that slider break to it, right? Mm -hmm. Where he's trying to eliminate a hitter. He can throw it to a lefty. You know, you're getting the tunneling of the split finger. Lefty knows the split finger's coming. Again, it's just get back. Don't abuse it. Mm -hmm. Don't show it to him too much because it's still... A work in progress, right? He he's got to make sure it's gripped right. He got to make sure it's out in front. He's snapping it off. It's ending up where he wants it to end up. Like, don't abuse it. You know, you're throwing it seven or eight times. You ain't throwing it fifteen or twenty times. That's the difference, right? It's when you throw it. It's not how much you throw it. It's that. It's that sort of thing because once he wants he's, it to break and all those things. Just gives him something else to think about. Once he's fully comfortable with it and fully refined, he still won't abuse it. That's what I was going to ask you. Don't need to do it's, it. ne it's never going to. Yeah, yeah. It's sort, of, it's sort of like that. He sees a dude taking the split finger, and he's like, mm, I'm going to throw my slider in that same tunnel. I'll get it looking like the split finger, but it'll go in opposite direction. He, huh? He'll get weak swings. He'll be more efficient. He'll go deeper in games. He'll win a Cy Young. I said mm -hmm. it. Uh, this is what it is. This is the graduation point of a really good pitcher who's trying to be great, and that's where Kevin's at. Before you go, I also one, he's going to eliminate dudes. We should also actually just throw out the fact that we didn't talk about this either. Luis Arias hit for the cycle yesterday for the Marlins. He, he would be and the reason was, why Bo Bichette would hit cleanup for the Toronto Blue Jays because he, he'd be hitting second. Barker's been on this for a while. Barker thinks he's the perfect player for this team. He <clears> He's not? I, I don't disagree with you. Because you could get rid of two second basements and stick him right there, and all of a sudden, huh, one through seven, Kirky would be hitting Seven. Now, I know they got Pablo yeah. Lopez. Do you think the Twins are going to regret that deal? I don't know. I mean, they had a need. Their need was pitching. Yeah. Lopez looked good, too, in that rotation for the Toronto Blue Jays. I might find a spot for him. Might find a spot for him. No team's perfect. No team's perfect, Jeff. Except just the Rays. Trying to be the Rays are perfect. You try, you try and make up with it with clean baseball games, and that's what John just continues to say. I talked to John yesterday for 10 minutes, and he said that to me. He said that's the reason why he took out Yusei Kikuchi down 6 nothing because he didn't want it to be 8 nothing, 6 nothing because of my lineup on the road. I got a chance. 8 nothing. I got no chance. I'm trying to send a message to my team. Sounds simple. I told you this. When you're a really good team, you win 88 games because of talent. Your manager can win you uh, 5 and 6. Right now, John Snyder, 1-0. He gave his team a chance, a chance to win a game. 8 nothing's no chance. 6 nothing. That's a chance. There is a knack to knowing no question. when to make a move with your starting pitcher. Because I know for a fact he looked over hammered. at Petey and, and Petey said, leave him in, and, and John said, no, I'm going to get him. That's the thing, right? That's the relationship. You're trying yep. to give your team a chance early in it. They play in the American League East. Every one of these games matter. Don't care if it's in April. I don't, don't care when it is.
And it's those little, just those little moves. Again, he's he's trying to win five or six games by managing. He's one and zero. Seven oh seven is the first pitch tonight on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan and Sportsnet, the Jays against the Detroit Tigers, second of a three game series. Kevin Gossman, my Cy Young pick, <laughs> passing Cy Young pick, a whole bunch a of people pick. Cy Young pick. Not mine. Be on the mound against Eduardo Rodriguez. That's it for us. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk following the game. Back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern. Have yourself a great day. Enjoy the baseball.